Hey cuties, welcome to Cup of Joy the podcast, created to jumpstart your joy, supersize your soul, and provide a sweet space for your own personal growth. I'm your host, Heidi B, certified food and body coach, life coach, personal trainer, and owner of Joyfully Bee, where I'm obsessed with helping people win the food and body battle and reclaim their joy. I'll share with you stories of people who have shifted their junk to joy and struggles into celebrations to live a life that they love. Each episode is guaranteed to light and lift you up. Because on this show, we'll talk truth about topics that block us from living our best life, how to make your body your bestie, and tons of tasty tidbits to make your own cup of joy overflow. Believe it or not, I once lost my joy, but now it's back, and I'm here to help you find yours on the daily. As my mama bee always says, it's time to put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Ready to start? Let's jam. Hey everybody, I am super excited to bring this guest interview to you today. I have a dear friend of mine, Andrea DeLeon, and she is the CEO and co-founder of Ditch the Scale. Today we're going to talk about a super important topic about beating binge eating. So, hey Andrea, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I have been looking forward to this chat with you for over a month now. We have rescheduled a couple times and every time I'm just like, I cannot wait to get this message out into the world. I know, I'm so happy we're finally doing it. <laughs> yes. I just know that your story and it's similar it's very much similar to my struggle with food and body in a different sense and I can't wait to share this story because I I think so many women are stuck in the battle with food in their body. And I know that your story is going to resonate with so, so many people out there. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to share. So let's just dive right in because I don't want people to have to just wait another minute. Why don't you start as far into the story as you want to about your struggle with food in your body and beating binge eating? Take as us far back. As I want. Take you back. Take us back, girl. Born. Take us back. <laughs> I'm kidding. I won't do that to you, no. Uh, but I will take you back to, no, honestly, when I was born. <laughs> I was born in Venezuela. And I, <laughs> I, I did, I struggled, well, from a very young age, I learned that, I don't want to say this is like all Hispanic cultures or all Venezuelans. Obviously, I would never generalize, but I was born into a family where, you know, everything was, it was very materialistic. It was very like appearances were everything, right? So the way you looked had was a big deal, and the way that you were perceived by others. And so I, le- I learned at a very young age that my worth was directly related to my looks and whether or not I had money and whether or not this and that. And when we moved to the U.S., we lost everything, and it was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me. But I still, not to put him out there, but my dad cheated on my mom and all these different things. And so everything kind of really, like with other beautiful women. So it was really like I learned that if I wanted love, if I wanted to be accepted, if I was, I wasn't worthy unless I was skinny, unless I, that's what I, the dots that I connected, right? Yes. as I grew up, I was like, okay, well, I have to, I have to look really good. I have to do modeling. Like my dad will pay attention to me if I model. And so I started doing modeling and pageantry and all these different things. And it just, it, it really, it got to the point where it was so much pressure to be skinny. I started at like 15. I don't know how old I, I don't, Actually, I don't know that that was the age. But anyway, I got my period and I started gaining weight and I started like going through puberty and I was like, oh my God, what do I do? 
So I started dieting and dieting really, really hard so that I could be on stage and and model and do runway and all these different things. And so with dieting, I, I remember the first day, this was actually in high school. I had thought about throwing up before, but I had never actually had the guts to like stick my finger down my throat and I was at a party at a birthday party and I was talking to a friend and I ate a lot of cake and I was like man I wish I could throw this up and I said it out loud and one of my friends was like I wish I could too let's just let's try it let's go in the bathroom and try it and we went together and we threw up for the first time and as weird as that sounds that you would go into the bathroom and throw up with a friend um but this is how this is teenage craziness yeah yeah no this is real life here this is the reality of you know who's on board with me i heard this thing works let's try it yeah yeah and so anyway so from there the rest is history honestly little by little i would throw up here and there but i was like oh i don't have an eating disorder it's just when i feel really really bad about eating a cake like it's not bad and then when i went to college i was away from family I started feeling, you know, I I started numbing more and more through food. I started eating more. I started feeling more pressure to look a certain way. I started throwing up more. It got really, really bad to the point where I had to come back home. I went to rehab for about a week, and then I was like, I need to get out of here and figure this out on my own. I went to, I was with a nutritionist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, and by then I had done three years of biomedical engineering in college. Wow. And, And As I was doing it, I was like, okay, this is not my passion. I'm just doing this because this is what I was told would make money. This isn't what I actually love. And so three years into it, I dropped my my major and I went into nutrition. I was like, I need to figure this out for myself. I need to figure this out for other women. And so I dropped it all. And I was in school for like seven years um, because then I started all nothing from biomedical engineer counted for nutrition. So I had to start all over again from square one. And I went into Listen, uh, and then as a nutritionist, I started realizing I was giving people meal plans and I was like, why don't they follow through? Like, and why am I still binge eating? I'm a nutritionist, but why do I still do this? And I was like, obviously, I know vegetables are good for me. I know I shouldn't be binging on cookies, but why am I still doing it? So that's when I started digging more into like a lot of personal development, a lot of emotionality and psychology behind food. And that's where I met you. And that's where we did the Hungry for Happiness program as well. And honestly, it has fully, fully, fully changed my life. You know, that paired with Tony Robbins. I've done so much personal development through all of those things. But that's kind of like a long story, semi still long, but semi short. (laughs) Actually, I'm impressed that you did it in that short amount of time getting getting all the way through because we can go so much deeper. And I know that we will. But I have a question about going into nutrition. First of all, way to pivot midway and not be scared from, you know, I'm one year away or however many years away from just finishing this degree and knowing that inside you knew that it was time to change course but when it came to changing course in that moment did you decide that you wanted to become a nutritionist out of fear or out of love were you trying to fix do you know what I mean by that were you were you trying to figure out how to beat food and just like continue to fix your body quote unquote fix your body through food or did you get into nutrition because you knew there had to be a different way? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going there with the, because I did this as a personal trainer, you know, I thought that I was getting into personal training because I wanted to help 
women feel confident, feel good in their bodies, when in reality, I was really just trying to fix my own. And I thought, okay, well, if I can make a living working with other people, fixing their bodies, then I'll just work out more and then my body will always be in mint condition. It was more from a place of fear. It shifted to a place of love where I genuinely did want to help women feel strong in their souls, in their mindset, in their bodies. But it originated from a place of fear. Yeah, I agree with that. I was also a personal trainer. So I went into nutrition and after that, I went into personal training. I was a personal trainer. I was also a health coach, like everything trying to figure out how to fix myself. Yeah. Um, So it was from, I think it was a little bit of both. I definitely, it came from a place of fear. But also, because I wanted to fix myself, I wanted to figure out, like, there has to be a better way. Maybe if I'm a nutritionist, then I will, like you said, then I will be skinny and I will learn how to, like, diet the right way and the research behind that and all of those things. But also, I felt like from a very young age, I felt like this calling ever since I started doing even just modeling and all those things, I really felt the need to help women around that like I could tell that stuff was wrong and I could tell that it was kind of my calling to really just from a young age I was just I I always said people used to ask me and I'd be like I want to help women with eating disorders I want to help women with eating disorders and as I was in engineering I was still like in the back of my head actually you know yeah I'm proud of myself that I pivoted but man it took me a while I could have done that so much faster (laughs) (laughs) like because ever since I left like I knew what I most people leave high school they're like I'm not sure what I want to do I was unsure about what I wanted to do because everyone told me nutrition wouldn't make me money so they were like you have to be an engineer there's no money in nutrition yeah, the same, that's the same, same reason why I tripped away from fitness in the beginning because I, I – a very similar story. I really did want to serve people, help people do all of that because I didn't feel secure in my own. And I'm like, well, if I can just help other people do this, then I'll be secure in my own. Um, and, and just trying to find every single possible solution in the health and wellness industry to help people do that, you know, until I stumbled across – food and body coaching and emotional eating. And I was like, wow, this is actually everything. This is everything. But I always knew that I wanted to serve people and help people. Exactly. Exactly. Same here. It really, and it really has been everything. It's shifted to do the food and body. And, you know, and and I say sometimes now, some people are like, I really want to do your program, but I don't binge eat that much. And like, it's really, I mean, I market it towards binge eating and emotional eating because that's what I went through. Like I went through hell with my eating disorder, with bulimia. I was in college and I was, I mean, my days were surrounded by what food I was going to eat, by how I was going to stop at the grocery store, when I was going to throw up, like my entire, it was every, it consumed my entire life. Yes. Let's, let's, let's go there because you and I have talked about this a little bit. And I think that there's a misunderstanding out there with some women and, and hand up right here, right here, right now on the other end of this microphone first offender and didn't even know that that was me, I would have never considered myself a binge eater. I I would have never considered myself probably even an an emotional eater. I would, I didn't have anorexia because I could never make myself throw up, but binging and restriction, like binge comes from when we restrict, 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 and then 
we have to go go all in. So I'm I was always an all in person where I'm like I gotta have it all and then I can't have any of it and then I gotta have it all and then I can't have any of it and that was binge eating. That was emotional eating. I was eating every time that I felt insecure. I wanted to avoid something. I wanted to run away from from something. I didn't want to confront the issues that were actually happening within my soul. So I would turn to food. And it was like food was comfort or food was a distractor or food was actually like, oh, I'm doing something with my time, quote unquote. I'm being productive. How often have we used food for productivity? It's so weird. But I was also a closet eater. Even when I was going through my fitness journey and I was exercising all the time, people didn't know that I was making secret stops at Krispy Kreme. And I was I had a secret stash at my house where my husband didn't know that I held, you know, held the Hershey Kisses hostage and I would just binge eat them. I would eat them over and over and over until I would make myself sick. And he would come home and I'd be like, oh, I got a stomachache a stomach ache at work today. I was binge eating. But yeah. people thought that I was healthy because I went to the gym every day. It was unreal. So I want to just have an honest conversation around there's a word out there being used. And I'm, I'm okay with it. But I know that you called me out on this on one of our lives. And that was, I said, oh, I didn't have, I, I wasn't a binge eater. I just had disordered eating. And you said to me, well, that is, that is disordered eating. Binge eating is disordered eating. (laughs) So call it what you want. Put whatever mask you want on it. But if you're having, let's talk about that. What would you say to women out there? Um, What are some examples of things that people are doing to hide the fact that they actually do have an issue? Yeah, well, even, even, I, I love what you're saying there, but even purging, like when people are like, oh, I'm not bulimic, but bulimia can take so many different forms too. And I'm not saying to put a label on yourself. Like I hate people, like I am a binge eater, I am an emotional eater. It's not to label yourself, but it's just to really be aware of what's going on, right? And to, to be to be able to surpass and, and become the highest, most authentic, most amazing version of yourself. But so... Even even with purging or bulimia or whatever, people are like, well, no, no, that's not, I don't do that. I've never, I just overeat a little bit. But then I go to the gym and I burn it off. So I'm not throwing up. So I'm not bulimic. But it's the same thing. Like when you go to the gym, you're purging. You're trying to, it's whatever, like you're doing extra stuff. It's unhealthy because you're eating, you're overeating to begin with. And then you're going to the gym to burn it off. Or you're going to, or you're taking laxatives. Or you're doing, like all those things are forms of bulimia where you're just, you're trying to, you feel guilty is the is about eating the food in the first place. And then you're trying to find a way to get it out of your body now. So that's just with bulimia in itself. But then with emotional eating, it's, I actually, that's funny that you say that. I was actually just on the phone with a client this morning and, you know, she's been working with me on emotionality and different things, not necessarily with the binge eating or anything like that and just as I'm getting her really present I'm trying to teach her to be present to be um you know aware of of what she eats when she eats all these different things she's like oh my god I told you I wasn't an emotional eater before but now that I'm really present I'm realizing that I do eat when I'm stressed I do eat like I just didn't I thought I was hungry but it, it wasn't the hunger wasn't coming from actual hunger it was coming from other feelings I just didn't know what I was feeling I just felt something in my body so I ate because I thought it was a hunger all the time yes you know? so so she's like I just I wouldn't have made I wouldn't have said I was an emotional eater before but she's like I guess I am just getting present and getting aware with the actual feelings of my body I'm starting to realize what's going on this is why I love using the phrase we help women or we help humans 
heal their relationship to food in their body. Because I love that you said, don't make an identity out of it. It doesn't matter if you want to call it anorexia, bulimia, disordered eating, emotional eating. If you have a poor relationship with food, and yes, we all have a relationship with food. We really do. If you have a poor relationship, an unhealthy relationship with food and your body, that's where the healing truly comes in. We don't have to label it at all. Exactly. Exactly. It's and just like you said, we all have a relationship with food. It's not. It could be good. It could be bad. I mean, it's. I wouldn't even label it good or bad, but it's just it's it's becoming aware, you know, and optimizing it so that it energizes you and it makes you feel good versus bringing you down and making you get stomach aches and different, you know, that are kind of that are hindering your day and and all of these things and your mood. Let's talk a little bit about why you had, I mean, you gave us your background, but what were some of the key points of why you actually had a poor relationship to food in your body? What did it boil down to? So again, I had, let me, let me think about this one for a second, but I I did, like I said, from a young age, I had everything. Like if I see people, women in my family, everyone has breast implants. Everyone has, you know, it was, and, and I remember, and I would never, my mom's the most amazing human ever. I know she never wanted to bring me down, but it was just like the, oh, you've gained some weight and oh, and, and so, and at like my first boyfriend cheated on me with a very beautiful, very skinny girl in high school. And so it was just like evidence after evidence after evidence that if I didn't look a certain way, if I didn't keep the weight off, then I wouldn't be loved. I wouldn't be accepted. I wouldn't. And everything I wanted, I was seeking validation outside of myself from other people. And when I actually, I did one of the, so my school, my high school had a fashion show and I was in the fashion show for my high school and I opened up the bikini act of my fashion, my high school fashion show. And it caused so much because then that fashion show went live and it was broadcasted to the whole school. And I was like, and I had dieted so much to be in that bikini part of the fashion show. Mm. And that pressure of like, oh my God, this is what people think I look like all the time now. Mm-hmm. And that pressure was so huge. And I was, and so I started feeling so much pressure to, to stay that skinny. And so it was like this fear of, can I, can I, can I maintain this? And so the stress of it, and then it came more when I was, then I left for college and now I didn't have the support of my family. I was on my own. I didn't know anyone. I was in a city I didn't know I was cold where I'm from Florida it's really hot like I'm like <laughs> not somewhere it's fucking cold um and I like I felt alone and so now I was starting to just like numb all of my feelings of like loneliness of unworthiness of not being accepted of wanting a boyfriend that actually loved me but in college no one actually wanted to be my boyfriend <laughs> you know <laughs> things that you go through in high school and in college but I started just numbing and numbing and numbing and numbing through food and then again the guilt of it caused me to then want to throw it up and it was it was it was a it was a really rough time. I just remember like at the lowest lowest point, I got to a point honestly where I was I was suicidal. I would just be driving down the road and just think like, what if I just drive this car off the road? Like, would anyone even care? Like, no one, you know. Yeah. It was it was 
said I was on antidepressants, I was on anti-anxiety, and I remember at the lowest point, I was buying food. There was a Walmart right next to where I lived, and so I could walk there, and I would just buy a bunch of cookies and ice cream. I would binge, throw up, then go back and buy more cookies and ice cream, and I started getting so embarrassed about the cashiers. Yes, I remember having the same feeling that and then also delivery people like people who delivered food. I was like, oh, shit, they know what I order. They know that I order this like every day. Yeah, I hope they don't tell anybody. I know. I know. This is um, I don't know if this even exists anymore. I I don't remember the last time I ordered Pizza Hut, but there is Pizza Hut has like um, they had like some Hershey's. (laughs) <laughs> it was crazy I would get them ordered and then like it's funny because I would start the people would deliver it and they, they probably don't even care but I'd be like oh yeah this is for and it would be like pizza and Hershey's things and be like this is for like my roommates and I and so I would try to like <laughs> make I'm it like, better I don't, I don't need an explanation but I was trying to like be like oh I'm not eating this by myself like because the shame was so much right yeah and and I want you guys to know who are listening now like we're laughing we're we're laughing at the version of ourselves we're not laughing at you we know that you may be in the same situation right now this is serious stuff this is serious serious stuff and um it's just unreal to us now to fathom that we were at that point and we want to help anybody out there that's listening that is at that point because it's not funny at all but it's crazy to look back and be like what was I thinking? I had nothing to be ashamed of. I had nothing to guilt of other than the fact that I wasn't living the life that I truly desired for myself. I was, you and I both know that food is the number one socially accepted drug. It really is. And the second one behind that is, in my opinion, is exercise addiction, which I suffered from as well. (laughs) You know, I'm just going to go out and you can actually numb yourself out on exercise. I'm just going to avoid and it's going to be healthy because I'm going to hit the beach path and I'm going to go running or I'm just going to go to the gym for three hours or I'm just going to do this or that. If you are finding yourself in exercise addiction, that's just another numbing agent or avoiding agent from coping with what's really going wrong. It's no better than all the other shit out there. It really isn't. Yeah. And, and, and it's true. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it really is really serious. And I really, when I was there, it was a very, 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 very dark time in my life. And like I said, there was points where I was suicidal. There was points. It's not funny at all. Um, and like I said, that like there was points that were my darkest. Like I started, what I was going to say is I started, because I was so afraid of the cashiers continuing to see me at the same Walmart, I started stealing food. And it was like a whole new low for me. I've never been at that place. And... So that's what got me to come back home. But yeah, it's it's so true that even the the other point that you talked on there is the exercise addiction. There was points that I felt that I was at the healthiest I had ever been because you know I was working out and I was really restricting and but still food took over my life and yes. like even though I looked healthy and maybe I felt healthy because again I was restricting and exercising like crazy. I was, it was really like psychologically, it was so unhealthy for food to take over my life. That like for me to think about food so much, I just remember like walking into a room and my first thought was like, oh my God, there's cookies on that table. Or there's, you know, I keep referring to cookies because cookies are my favorite. They're oh like, yeah. <laughs> I had the same thing with cupcakes, but, seriously. And now I have okay. a good relationship with cupcakes. They're my, they're still my yeah. favorite thing, but I used to be terrified of walking into a room with any kind of sweets or snacks or anything because I thought I'm going to be freaking out of control. I either have to eat nothing 
eat nothing. Be so far away from it. I can't even be near it because once I take one bite, I literally can't stop. And then I'm going to binge and binge. And then after this social setting, I'm going to find an excuse to have to go pick something up from the store. But really, I'm just going to go to the gas station and I'm going to get the the three things that I usually get and I'm going to shove them down my throat and then I can't stop. And then, you know, I'm going to get up in the middle of the night. Like it was out of control, Andrea. It was like, I was so terrified of food. My relationship was so unhealthy. But what I was really craving wasn't sugar at all. I was craving attention. I was craving love. I was craving connection. And I want to be really clear with our listeners. I I had so much love from my family, from my friends, from my husband at the time. I had so much love, so much connection, all of these things. But the thing that was missing was the love for myself. So you may think that you are in a situation right now where you're like, no, I've got love, I've got connection, but I still like, I'm just addicted to food. You're not addicted to food. You're craving something else that's inside of you that's missing and you haven't given it to yourself yet. And I feel like that's the biggest message that you and I are trying to deliver when it comes to emotional eating, binge eating, all this stuff. Yes, preach. That preach. is so good. <laughs> right? Right. It's we so true. we it's really so were true. we're not craving anything. We're not addicted to the sugar. We're not, you know, having all these things. We're just masking those things because we're afraid to confront the feelings that we actually have. And when we sit down with our feelings and we sit down with ourselves and we learn to know what it means to know ourselves, to know what we love, to know what lights us up, to live our passion and our dreams and have great relationships with ourselves, everything else outside of us is escalated. And I don't know about you, but I had severe body dysmorphia. And for the listeners who don't know what that is, you literally look in the mirror and you, you at, at some point you can't even look in the mirror. You know, I would have days where I would just like turn from the mirror, hair dry myself, hair, do my hair dry and do try to do my styling, try to do my makeup without the mirror because I just didn't want to see any inch of my body. And this was when I was tiny. This was when I gosh people thought I was thought I was anorexic at the time because I was exercising so much you know I I was made of muscle as 13% body fat made of muscle but complete body dysmorphia I did not see I didn't see a 300 pound person in the mirror right I was still pinching every every little piece of me I was squeezing things I was shaking things I was bullying myself day after day after day and and I just couldn't see how beautiful I was on the outside because I didn't feel beautiful on the inside yeah that I had a little bit of that when I um when I was I did a bikini competition which I know you did as well right I actually didn't I was I was getting close my trainer really really wanted me to and then my divorce happened and then I just like fell back into the cycle but it actually was a saving grace you know everything happens happens for you because I'm sure you're going to share some of your some of your nightmares here but I've heard from multiple people who have gotten into the bikini competition that that it's just been so destructive to not just their physical being but mostly to their emotional being yeah psychologically it was a mess emotionally it was horrible I you know I thought I had gone through my eating disorder. I started listening to Tony tapes and all these different things. And I'm like, okay, I'm fixed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, and and honestly, I went, I, I started dieting. I started restricting the first like week was good. (laughs) And then I started, the more you restrict, the more you overconsume. Right. So I, I started, 
I, I started wanting to binge and and I started binging at some point, but then it was like I had made a promise to people that I was gonna show up on a stage, so I had to look good. So it brought back my bulimia times like 10. I threw up my way to the stage. Then while I was there, it was body dysmorphia was real. Like I was so, I looked great. And to most people, and that's why some people admire those people on the stage. And I mean, some of them might actually be healthy, but a lot of the people I know, it's such an unhealthy relationship with food. It's such an unhealthy, like you're comparing yourself. You just, I got on there and I looked great, but I, was just compared, like like you said, shaking everything, comparing myself to all the other girls. I was like, I did not get lean enough. I did not. And then afterwards, I got off stage and everything that I used to do in, in private, like all the all the binging and all the, now it was totally acceptable. Now everyone was like Instagramming their big <laughs> meals and they're binging. And I was like, this is messed up I was like how is this okay how is this okay let's just restrict for really long let's really get really unhealthily skinny lose our periods and all these different things yeah and let's binge like crazy right afterwards and gain all the weight back like what what after I did my first one I stopped but it really it was horrible if I had body dysmorphia I became bulimic all of a sudden again after I had kind of healed clearly I did not heal fully but I didn't do the emotional work but I was a little bit you know I was getting I was on the path and it was just a big back track. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing that I think everybody needs to know is what you see on the outside does not reflect how people are feeling on the inside. So I know our society has done such a great job and we hear this all the time, but then when it comes to our own lives, we haven't yet accepted that those images are not real. And even when you see those girls, those bikini models, and they are real and they're hitting the stage, What's their real emotional state? What's their real feeling about their life? And I can tell you that I weigh more than I did when I was at my peak performance, when I felt super strong and I could do a million push-ups and sit-ups and all this stuff. And a part of me misses that strength. I can have that strength again. And um, I'm actually back in the gym again doing what I need to do to feel strong. But now I can actually do it from a place of love. And I'm not obsessing over it. I'll maybe go like once a week if that feels good. Or maybe next week I'll go four times if that feels good. But I'm so in in tune with my body now. And I'm so in love with my body now. And I never thought that I would ever say that out loud. And I don't look, I don't look like the girl that everybody was praising when they said, you look amazing. What are you doing? What are you eating? What are you on? What I was on was a shitty life. What I was on was I was afraid to go out and socialize with my friends. I was afraid to show up to social outings. I didn't want to go out and do anything because food controlled my life. I spent Sundays meal prepping and putting things in containers instead of enjoying a Sunday walk with my friends or doing something with my family or whatever, you know, like all these things. How many social things I missed out on. Yeah, yeah. And now, now I'm not even scared. I'm not even scared. I, I I eat what I want to eat, but it's not in it's not like frivolously. It's like, oh, do I want that right now? Is that going to make me feel good? And sometimes I eat it, and sometimes I don't. I'm not afraid to stand at stand at the kitchen counter anymore and stare at the stuff. Sometimes I'm not even like amused by the food at all because now I feel so good in who I am that I'm entertained by my life. You know what I mean by that? 
It feels good, yeah. so good to have my life back. I agree. What a good statement. But it's so true. And I love that you say that, honestly, because I was at a point that I didn't think that my life was worth living, honestly. And yeah. I say that and I want the listeners to know that when I was at that point, I did not, I saw people, honestly, I didn't really have many role models of really good behave, food behavior, but I saw other people, like I didn't think where I'm at now was possible. Me too. I, Me too. I did not think, like I thought I couldn't get off an antidepressant because I was just, I was just depressed. I was like, this is something that's just happening to me. And this is something that's not, and actually I saw, I was writing a post today about this because I was on a Facebook group about emotional eating. And one of the girls on there was, she left a comment and she was like, I'm accepting that I'm just I'm addicted to food and this is something that I that all you know it's an addiction that can never be fixed and so you know I'm just I'm making this post to just let you guys know that I know that this is this is it this is my life and it's an addiction and there's nothing I can do about it and I was like yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard when you make it to the other side and you know what is possible because you've hit the lowest lows and yeah. you were willing to put the time in. I also want everybody to know that we put the time in on this, guys. There's a reason, just like when you s- explained earlier how you pivoted into the nutritional work, how we pivoted into fitness trainer work, it was always because we wanted to heal our relationship to food in our bodies. We wanted to break free of the burden that we felt like would never be possible. And now, as a result of becoming food and body coaches and emotional eating coaches, we know what is possible because we finally fully healed ourselves. And it's almost unbelievable, isn't it? Is this possible? Because I would always see girls that would choose healthy foods, and I'm like, if I could just be the girl that wants to choose healthy food, and now I am. Now I'm not the girl that chooses healthy or unhealthy foods. Now I'm just the girl who knows that I can choose whatever I desire for myself. Exactly, and that's what I was going to say. It's not like now I am the girl that chooses healthy foods every once in a while, but now I'm also the girl that really doesn't choose healthy food a lot of the times. <laughs> I just, like, I feel so good about it. And also, I know for you, maybe, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm not as lean as when I did my competition, but it's been really cool to see that when I just honor my body, like, I've actually lost weight from it and I never thought that I would be where I am in the sense of what you're saying yes I don't I I eat whatever I want food sometimes I mean when people used to be like I forget to eat I'm like are you kidding like how do you ever forget to eat I honestly just kind of go through my day and food has no control over me like sometimes I might forget to eat and I'm like oh Look at that. <laughs> yes, yes. This has been happening yeah. so often to me where, uh, where my coworkers actually, I'm, I'm almost done with my nine to five. I have a couple more days. By the time this airs, I will be fully transitioned out of my nine to five and into um, this full time because I know this is my life's calling to help others. But there's times where my coworkers are like, Heidi, did you, did you eat lunch today? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to grab, I, I, no, not yet, but I'm going to eat when I'm hungry. I eat now yeah. when I'm hungry, when I'm hungry yeah. and what my body wants, I'm able to listen to my body. But again, you guys, we have done the work on this. We both spent 11 months healing the relationship to food in our bodies, taking time to understand what that means, getting into our feelings, trying things that were different. 
the only way that you and I ever knew was to control the intake of food and the output of exercise. At least, I, I mean, I should speak for myself. The only way that I knew how to see health and wellness was through that, right? So for someone to come to me and say, Heidi, I promise you, if you put the time and effort in to this, these tools, this mindset, wake up and just try something different and put the meal prep, the containers, the diet, I want you to get rid of the diet and get rid of the, you know, the fitness addiction for 11 months and just trust that whatever I tell you to do is going to work. I was like, okay, the only reason that I did it was because I wanted to be able to tell my clients that it's possible. And thank God that I trusted it because now I know it is a million percent possible. And I truly didn't know, Andrea, that that was going to be the outcome. I just gave it a chance. I, I really didn't either. And I am so grateful that I did it. I also was, and I also know how scary that is. Because even when you talk about intuitive eating and all of those things, I mean, there's women that would rather, and for myself for years, like I, when I first heard about intuitive eating, I'm like, are you crazy if I allow myself to eat? I'm going to go insane and I'm going to eat everything and I'm going to gain a bunch of weight. And honestly, when I actually did it, that is what happened for the first week or two. You know, I gained some weight and, and then, but then like, it's so rewarding. And so that's what, like, we will do so much more to gain pleasure than we will to avoid pain. And it's just, we in order to, to just avoid that little bit of pain of like, oh no, maybe I'll, I'll gain that much weight. Like, let me just avoid that completely. I'm so afraid of that. I'm just going to keep dieting, which is what I've known to do. And what I've clearly, even though it hasn't happened, and even though it's way more painful down the road, we will avoid this, like taking this new route because it's scary. And I know, I know how scary it is, but I also want you to know how rewarding it is. Like, mm. I would never, ever... Like, I never in a million years thought I would be here. And even you said about exercise as well. Mm -hmm. I thought I was so healthy then, exercising all the time, restricting and doing all these things. And now I I can tell you right now I'm the healthiest I've ever been. My body feels amazing. I'm so energized. I have energy in the morning. I go all day. Like, we wake up. We drink green juices. We do all these things. And then I have cookies too. And then I have this. And then sometimes I exercise. Sometimes I do yoga. Sometimes I dance. Whatever my body feels good doing. Again, sometimes like sometimes I go to the gym. Like you said, maybe once a week. Maybe I don't go all week. Maybe I just do like. But I, you know, I move my body because I know that's what feels good. Yeah. But I feel so good psychologically, emotionally. My body feels good. Like my body thanks me for for honoring it. Yep. And. And again, like I never thought that I would get here and it's, it looks so different than what I thought was healthy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like it's full on freedom. I finally feel free to be who I am. I finally feel free in my body. I, and as a result of that, everything has shifted. You know, as a result of loving myself, I've called love into my life tenfold. Like, it's bigger and brighter than it's ever been. And I'm not just talking about, uh, you know, romantic relationship. I'm talking about friendships. I'm talking about family relationships that were great in the first place, but now they're grand. They're extraordinary. And this all comes with accepting myself, with loving myself so deeply that I, I never could have ever imagined this for myself. And... We want people to know that food and fitness freedom is possible. We are doing it. We are healing others with it. 
And if you find yourself caught in the trap, it's time to just try and trust something different. Because if you keep trying and trusting, trying to trust the things that you've done for the past couple of decades, guess what, babes? It's not working. So give it a whirl. You know? Yeah. That's what I was saying the other day. Like we, right now it's January, right? And every New Year's, people make New Year's resolutions and get a new diet. And, and then, you know, by December 31st, again, it's like, damn, now, you know, I maybe lost the weight a little bit. But then it's crazy because when we continue to do those same things of diet and then maybe we don't follow through and then we gain weight back again. It's It really, like, it hurts our confidence, first of all, because we didn't follow through, then our self-worth, and then, like, and then we don't feel good because we gained the weight back. And so we're really continuing to do harm to ourselves over and over and over again. So, like you said, like, trying something different. Yeah. Trying something different, giving it a whirl of... I know, I know when we talk about it, sometimes I talk about it and I'm like, man, it kind of sounds like a fairy tale. Like, I can't believe that. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I was so far gone. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because some people are like, no, there's no way that that's true. There's no way that you were suicidal. And I'm like, no, 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 it's true. It's true. I really was there. And so I know it sounds like maybe you can't get there or it's not, but it really, it's possible. We it are, we are living proof that it's possible. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I I would just challenge anybody listening to this who's kind of like, I get what they're saying, but I'm not really sure. I'm going to ask you one question. Are you, not Andrea, but all of you out there listening, are you exercising from a place of fear, a fear that you're going to be fat? Or are you exercising from a place of love? And are you eating in a way, out of fear, because you're afraid that you're, if you lose control of your food, that something horrible is going to happen? Or are you eating out of place of, from a place of love, because you love your body, and you want to nourish it, and you want to feel so good, right? And that's been key. That's been key, key, key for me from the get-go in this, in this transformation process is I ask myself, are you moving your body? Are you nourishing your body from a place of love or fear? And if you're listening to this, and you're coming from a place of fear, It's time to do this work. Now is the time to do this work. And then once you've healed that relationship, you get to go back to the food and the fitness with a new perspective, with a healed perspective. And it's totally different. And it's totally amazing. What do you think about that? I love that. I love that. And you are amazing. (laughs) Oh, so are you. Oh my gosh. I love being on this journey with you. I love having this conversation. I hope it's been helpful for people. And just to kind of wrap things up, Andrea, how do people find you? Where do they follow you? I know you've got your Ditch the Scale program right now, which is incredible. You guys got to check this out. And all the information will be in the show notes, but give us give us a little bit about where we can get you. Yeah, so the website for that is ditchthescale.com and then you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. It's at things Andrea says. Beautiful. You guys, make sure you get some of Andrea in your life. You're not going to regret it. It's it's amazing. Just start following her stories and your life will be fulfilled so much more than it is already. Um, I have two questions that I close with every guest, and I haven't preempted her on these, so she's uh, she doesn't know what to expect. So, Andrea, the, the two questions that I have is, number one, they're not hard. What do you love most about yourself? Oh, hmm, what do I, honestly, you know, we didn't touch on this. Okay, wait, is this like a, a physical, emotional, what is this? 
It's it's whatever you want it to be, babe. What do you love most about yourself right now? What comes up first? Okay, can I give you two? Yeah, totally. Are you a physical and an emotional kind of mindset one? Yes, please. Okay, something I'm super, super grateful for and something that I am, um, that I love about myself kind of mindset emotional wise is my willingness to always do the work and dig deeper. I have been... For a while, I was a victim, and I felt that, you know, life was happening to me. And since I really installed the belief of, like, life is happening for me and wanting to find the lessons and everything and wanting to grow, just having that growth mindset and being open to, like, letting go of the ego, you know? I think that that's been what I've been most grateful for in my transformation and what I'm happiest about and what I love most about myself right now. I couldn't Sorry. agree more. I love it when people say what they love about themselves. That That's exactly what I would have said about you is just that tenacity. Uh-huh. Girl, you are just the most tenacious thing. You're just showing up big and bold and bright in the world with all you have. You find solutions to things. You go after it. And it just, it brings me so much joy to see you in that light. Thank you. Okay. And then one more thing. Physically, what I was going to say is, this is going to sound weird, but my boobs. Yeah. Woohoo. I recently got a breast explant. And I just... And everybody hear this. She said explant. She had implants. She had them removed. Which I never thought was possible. Again, every single person in my family has implants. Every single person, like, relates their worth to their implants. And they're like, I'm no one without boobs. No. Like, for me to be able to do this work and get them explanted. And now I find them to be so beautiful. I have so many scars. Like, my friggin' nipples are scarred. Like, everything is scarred. (laughs) And it is so beautiful, like, for me to be me again. I know it sounds so weird, but I have such a crazy, amazing appreciation for the fact that, like, and just, like, love for that part of my body because I'm like, wow, you know, I wanted to change you once, but you're perfect. Like, you're Mm. perfect. Oh, my gosh. That is not weird at all. That is nothing but stunning. I love that about you, and I love that you gave yourself that gift this year. So beautiful. Yeah. All right, we have one more question to close it out. It's my favorite okay. question, and it's really simple. How would you explain the feeling of joy? Mm, I should have expected that one. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> joy. I feel like joy, I want to relate joy to gratitude. I mm. want to relate joy to just having your heart feel really full, just giving. I think that joy comes from being grateful. I think that joy comes from giving to others. When you, again, let go of the ego, let go of selfishness, that's when I really, really, really feel the most joy. Just Mm. giving and feeling grateful. And yeah. Oh, I love that. Heart so full. You guys, like that couldn't have ended on a better note because my heart is so full talking to you, sharing this with the world. And I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful that you're in my life. And I'm so grateful for the work that you're able to do to help others heal their relationship to food and their body. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Love you lots. And we'll talk soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, 
question, or share your own Junk to Joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about Cup of Joy the Podcast and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon!